0: You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com and CBS Sports.com networks. It was a quiet Monday in free agency for the Packers, the only transaction, the re-signing of outside linebacker J. Rowan Elliott, Otherwise, running back Eddie Lacy took a visit to Green Bay. Outside linebacker Dayton Jones took a visit to Minnesota. But before we get into those things, I would like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Lockdown Podcast Network, which includes Lockdown NFL Draft, a really, really, really good podcast. And of course, check out my website, PackerReport.com. I have a couple commentaries up over there, including why Ted Thompson should have gone outside the team's... Um financial comfort zone and re-signed TJ Lang. Also over at Packer Report. Um, a look at the compensatory draft picks and where Green Bay signs or where Green Bay stands, excuse me. After losing after losing TJ Lang, Micah Hyde, JC Treader, and Julius Peppers and signing Martellus Bennett. That means Green Bay is plus three in the giveaway-takeaway ratio, as I termed it over at Peck Report. So kind of what what would those picks be and why Green Bay should go sign another free agent? If you're not a member over there, you should sign up today. Plug in the coupon code. Sign up for one month and plug in the coupon code FA2017. That's F for free, A for agency, 2017. You buy one month, I'll buy two more for you. And that gets you all the way through the draft and I am the king of the draft. Now, Bob McGinn might be the king of the draft for two weeks. I am the king of the draft for two months. So, we have a lot of draft stuff that you won't find anywhere else besides that Packer report. All right, let's go to the signing of J. Elliot Elliott. Under the radar signing here. Um, but an important one, I think, nonetheless. A couple reasons here. One, he's a really good special teams player. Led the team last year with 13 tackles on special teams and Look, when your special teams are bad, like the Packers were last year, you really don't want to give up your best player. You want your best player to be a building block. You still want to scrap the whole thing. So good move there. And second, he didn't play a lot on defense. Um, the Packers drafted Kyler Fackrell in the third round, and he he played a lot of snaps. And I, and I understood force-feeding the rookie into the lineup because, look, he's a third-round pick. Let's see what you got. Let's you know if, if you let the kid play, he's probably gonna be better for it. Nonetheless, in 13, it in, in 11 games. Elliot had 13 tackles. Three and a half of those are on running plays they are at or behind the line of scrimmage. That's called those stuffs. Three and a half stuffs for Elliot last year. How about the rest of the Packers linebackers, outside linebackers? Well, never, never mind Nick Perry. Be seated. Well, Clay Matthews, two and a half. Dayton Jones, two. Julius Peppers 1. Fackerel 0. So that's the outside linebacker core. Perry beat all those guys or not Perry. Elliot beat all of those guys. Playing 136 snaps. <laughs> you know, Matthews and Peppers and Jones, I mean, they're up around 600 or so snaps. And in Elliot, in you know, 136 had more stuffs than all those guys did. So the, the kid needs to play more. He misses throw of the year, with a uh, hamstring injury, At the end of the year, with a broken hand. Obviously, didn't play much in between. He needs to play more. Packers gave him one-year deal worth $1. 1.6 million dollars. And look, remember, Green Bay entered this free agency with Nick Perry a free agent, Julius Peppers a free agent, Dayton Jones a free agent, Gwon Elliott a free agent. So that's four. You can't lose them all. They've signed Perry. They've lost Peppers. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Dayton Jones. So, a key move there to keep Elliott, I think. He's not making a ton of money. And the guys produced. I mean, and you go back to 2015 as well. Remember that game again, had against Seattle? The big showdown against Seattle Lambeau Field. J. Ron Elliott clinches it. He had an interception and a forced fumble in the fourth quarter for two turnovers. The next week against Kansas City, he had a sack. Next week against San Francisco, he had a sack. So I think I think he needs to play more. And I would think this deal maybe gives him a chance to play more. But if nothing else, you got a, you got a key special teams guy back in the lineup. While we're speaking about the outside linebackers, let's jump over to Dayton Jones and his visit the Minnesota. I have no news from that. Clearly how this works, but by the time you listen, there'll probably be news. But um, I did some digging yesterday. I didn't get anywhere on how that went. Former first-round pick. I don't want to say he's a bust, but he he's, he played his first two years as a defensive end. Didn't do well enough there, so they moved him into outside linebacker for two years. Did okay that last year. He he did have only one sack. And when you're a 3-4 outside linebacker, you've got to sack the quarterback. I mean, that that is your number one job is rushing the passer. So he had one sack. But by the coach's count, he did lead the team with 16 quarterback hits. So he he put a lot of pressure on the passer. He just didn't finish the job, and he's only gotten nine sacks in four seasons. And you know what? He 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 played defensive end in a four three scheme at UCLA. I would think that's maybe his best lot in life. Um, you know, some guys can play four three end and three four outside linebacker. Some guys really are capable of doing one or the other. Maybe Dayton's best fit. This is a four-three and I wonder if he's got that in mind, making these visits. Um, now, with that said, if you're if you're Green Bay, you've, you've run you've run this whole elephant thing, um, where you've got your outside linebacker um, like Peppers and Parrot or Peppers and Jones have done. They you know they're on outside linebacker one snap, well then they go and they play defensive tackle the next snap on passing downs. They don't have that guy. If they lose Jones, they've already lost Peppers. If they lose Jones, they really don't have that guy anymore. I, mean, I don't think that's a deal breaker. You could certainly you could certainly go draft another guy to keep that fast of the defense going. But I, I think that's probably worth considering if you're Green Bay that you would lose the whole elephant deal and the versatility that gives you at least for now. Um, but again, I, I don't. I'm just thinking maybe Jones is better off. Um, Seeing if the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. It what's up with Minnesota, by the way, and Green Bay guys? It's the damnedest thing. I mean, for a while it was you know, it was an interesting thing for a while. But now it's like every year they just it's, it's he wore Green Bay and he's a agent. we better sign the guy. Oh, Rick Spielman. I don't I don't know what he has with the Packers, but he loves the Packers. Obviously Eddie Lacy was here or Eddie Lacy was here, he is here. But Eddie Lacy Eddie Lacey was in Minnesota for his visit to Left town without a contract. Um, <laughs> interestingly, the uh, the guy who covers the Vikings for ESPN tracked him down at that airport, leaving Minnesota. And Lacey said his visit to Minnesota was pretty cool. He thought that was newsworthy. Anybody who covers Lacey in Green Bay knows that's his response to really anything. Pretty cool. How was it, Eddie? Yeah, pretty cool. So how's your ankle, Eddie? Pretty cool. So... I thought that was a a funny quote. I still think they need to sign Lacey. I know a lot of you have differing opinions, and I've heard from you as well on that. In my opinion, here's a guy in 2013 and 2014, his first two years in the league, had 3,001 total yards from scrimmage. He had 1,100 rushing yards in those years. He showed his versatility as a pass catcher, a tremendous pass blocker, you know, the guy might not be dedicated to the game as far as his conditioning. But the guy comes to the game ready to go on Sundays mentally. You know, he was a tremendous pass blocker, A, because he was, you know, physical and big. But B, I mean, he just, he, there, there wasn't mental errors there. I mean, when, if Lacey needed to block a guy, he was there to block the guy. And I, I think that was an undervalued part of his game. So if I'm Green bay i'm I'm signing him in. again unless the money just gets silly um Lacey uh, visited Seattle and then Minnesota he's in Green Bay he might still be here now we'll see um again I think I think if you're Green Bay you're you're interested in a how's the rehab from the ankle injury coming and B just how much do you weigh right now I mean how much have you let yourself go when it's you know, obviously it's it's hard to stay in shape when you can't run. And he had been in that scooter been on a scooter for most of his time in Green Bay after the injury, and I'm not sure if he's still on that or not, but I mean for a couple months at least. You know, like the guy can't walk or run, so it's hard to stay in shape that way. But if I'm Green Bay, I'm signing him for the same reason I've told you before. If you don't sign Lacey, you now have to go Draft running back. Well, I suppose you could go sign Jamal Charles, but but you know, what? let's face it. If you don't sign him, you've got to draft one. You've got to draft one early. You can't go into next season counting on Ty Montgomery and some sixth round running back to carry the load. You've got to go get as close as you can get to a sure thing at running back, which means you're probably gonna to have to draft one early. And like I said, with T.J. Lang at guard, now you get not only do you have to draft one early, but that's one less pick that you're using to fix your defense. And clearly, they're at that point probably with Lang where you're going to have to go draft a guard. Do you really need to go draft a running back, too? Because you need corners and you need outside linebacks, and you haven't addressed those things in free agency. Um, and, and, you don't, and you don't have a bevy of compensatory picks like you're going to have next year. For this year, you've got a fifth rounder for losing Casey Hayward. So to me, you're going to have to go draft one early, and you're just now you're running out of picks, I think. So to, in my book, you've got to go get a free agent running back. You, you might just as well go sign Lacey because he knows the scheme. You know what he can do. You know what? The, guy, the guy's not a million years old like Jamal Charles. He hasn't had a big injury history. I mean, I, I wouldn't think this ankle deal is going to have a career-long impact on him. So just get Lacey in here. Sign a guy. Now you've got running back set. Now, I still think you have to draft one, but the pressure's off to get one early. I mean, you get, you know, you get Montgomery and Lacy, and then you add, you know, some kid in the sixth round or something who can play, and you've got a three-man rotation. Because you know what, Montgomery's going to get hurt, Lacy's going to get hurt. Um, you, you need someone else. So I, I think I think that's I think the rotation is a lot easier. By signing Lacey and then drafting a guy in the late rounds. Also on the free agent front, uh, my good friend over at ESPN, Rob Demoski, has these de- details on Lance Kendrick's deal. Two years, $4 million. Base sellers of $800,000 each of those years. A $1.2 million signing bonus. Headline those things. If you want the rest of it, check out Rob's Twitter feed, at Rob Damoski. He's got the whole thing. I won't bore you with it all. That's a pretty good bargain for a guy with 50 catches last year. That's a good bargain. A, a good sign there by Ted Thompson. According to the NFLPA data, which I'm looking at on my phone right now, so this is fresh data, the Packers are $27.7 million under the seller cap. I'm assuming that does not include J. Elliott's contract. See so a lop off 1.6 on that. That puts the Green Bay at $26.1 million under the salary cap. They don't got a lot of things to do here. Lacey is one. You figure Dayton Jones is another. Then it's a lot of small stuff. I mean, you're looking at, you know, Brett Gould, the long snapper. But really, the, the big dominoes left here are Lacey and Jones. I mean, and, they're, and they're not going to be tremendous dominoes. So Green Bay is going to have a lot of money left after this. I, I'm, I shouldn't even say this because this is, it's silly. I think the Packers got a big move coming here. I just, I've got a feeling there's a move to be made here. That Thompson's going to come out of nowhere and just shock everybody with some sort of move. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm being stupid here. But I just got a, I've got a feeling there's something going here. Um. You know, look at cornerback. You know, Malcolm Butler, um, the the uh, Patriots' young standout, is kind of uh, having contract problems with the Patriots. He's available, um, either is is a uh, you know you have to give you have to give a first round pick to send him away from the Patriots. Of course, and the contract too. Um, you know, the Rams said there's going to, sh- or the, there's reports that the Rams are shopping Tremaine Johnson uh, by. Gosh, I'm trying to think of a way to word this. Um, I heard the Packers and Broncos cornerback Bradley Roby were linked at one point. I I got nowhere on it um, other than I was told hey, a lot of people check with the Broncos on Bradley Roby, the former Ohio State corner. He's their number three guy. Remember, they've got Tlaib over there. So, and they got, uh, I mean, they they got probably the best cornerback tandem in the league. So, Obviously, you need three to play. So I, I don't I don't I, I wouldn't think the Broncos would give them up, but look, there's three really good corners I just gave you. I don't know. I'm probably gonna look back at this in a month and say, why in the hell did I say that on the podcast? But I don't know. I just think there's a move to be made here. They, they've got a lot of money. Maybe they'll do something with it. And the last thing, Martellus Bennett says he's gonna wear number 80. He left it up to the fans in a poll on Twitter. 80 was the winner. Sorry, Donald Driver. Sorry, Justin Perillo. <laughs> so Bennett's going to be 80. And Ty Montgomery will be 88. He announced that on Twitter a couple days ago. Because there is a, I don't want to say a loophole, but um, check out Montgomery's Twitter feed. He's got it all. He discusses it there. Where if you start your career as a, a, a with, with one number, and you change position, change positions, as long as you're you're still an eligible receiver kind of guy, you can keep that number so long as you played that position for a year. Now Montgomery was a wide receiver for one year at number 88. Therefore, he can be number eighty-eight as a running back. So Montgomery said he's gonna stick with that, and that's cool. You know, Montgomery's a different guy. He's got a different story. Um, because of his conversion. Why not have a different number? It makes him different. I mean, if he's Montgomery's you know, especially from a, a national perspective, maybe not from Green Bay, but you know, from a national national perspective, if you're trying to build your brand, a running back wearing number 88 is pretty damn cool. A running back wearing number 32, eh, whatever. So, pretty cool. So again, Martel, Martellus Bennett says number 80 is the winner of his Twitter poll, and Ty Montgomery will wear number 88. And I will say goodbye to you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. the list.